0: Welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brecker, and today on the show, I am joined by Ellie of Bad Critic to try to decipher and discuss and walk ourselves through the Alex Garland decisive new horror movie, and that is Men from 2022 of this year. Hello, Ellie. Thank you so much for coming back on the show to talk about this bizarre movie.
1: Hello. I'm so glad that you had me on to talk about this movie. I'm... I'm very excited to talk about it.
0: Yes, I am too. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, in case people haven't listened to these rapid review episodes before, here's what you can expect today, and specifically for this men review. Ellie and I are going to have a little um, spoiler free discussion up top for a few minutes. We will kind of give you our general opinions, whether or not we will recommend this movie, who we would recommend it to, some things you can expect without getting super spoilery or. Um, I don't know it's specific on things so if you haven't seen this movie you're just interested hang out with us for a few minutes and we'll give you our general opinions but once I give you the warning we will get into spoilers so if, if you've seen this movie or you just want spoilers just stick around we'll have a fun conversation there and we will try to honestly figure out what the hell is going on with this movie um but Ellie this is men 2022 20, This is a movie written and directed by Alex Garland of Annihilation and Ex Machina. Uh, This is a wild, bizarre movie. Uh, There's so many things I want to get into, but uh, just kind of give me your general thoughts. And then I kind of want to also get into our own viewing experience of the movie, too. So, what are your thoughts on men so far?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed watching this movie. I am someone who loves to be uncomfortable when I watch movies. So if that gives you a sense, when I get excited about a movie, uh, it's probably gonna make some people feel uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I was really enthralled by the first moments of the movie. I was in it right away. I'm a big fan of Alex Garland's work too um so yeah i was with the movie through every weird twist and turn yeah
0: i i like the movie i'll say that i like the movie it took me a while to really land on that um and i agree with you this is an uncomfortable movie i honestly don't know if i would recommend this to every person because besides just i guess i'll start with just how weird this is this is a very bizarre movie the there's very little plot in it it's i i almost got the sense that it was like the alex garland was way more concerned with just the visual and metaphor spectacle of it than he was with actually putting together a movie it i tweeted this out but it feels way more like a visual art piece that happens at you more so than a movie um And it's it's a movie that challenges you. It's a very challenging puzzle box, and it's it kind of demands contemplation and to see what you get out of it and see if you think you can figure it out.
1: Yeah, I I don't think um, I. I mean, I agree with how you're describing it. I just think um, I always worry at the same time of like turning people off a movie just because it's not like A leads to B leads to C conclusion. Mm -hmm. I think this movie is has the same amount of plot as most horror movies do uh or as a lot of horror movies do and i think um you know when a lot of a lot of people have been writing about this movie and we're talking about it too like oh my god it's so weird it's so bizarre but it's really just the final act that's like shit gets weird as fuck i think most of the movie is very unsettling i think it really leads into the um the feeling of the discomfort of being watched or rather of watching someone being watched mm. and i th- and i think it, it it's it's very easy to parse the weirdness or rather i should probably say i think it's i think it's it's not a slow movie even though it might not be clear where it's going it's not slow
0: no. i i would say it is slow actually i mean that's how <laughs> I, I, mean, I i would count it as slow i mean because in uh, that's not a knock against it actually I
1: that's mean, true like i'm not, you shouldn't trust my opinion on what's slow and what's not slow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm so warped <laughs> I,
0: yeah because i mean this movie we're really dealing with two characters in a sense i mean uh jesse buckley and roy Kidner, and i don't think that this is a spoiler because you see this in the trailers but roy Kidner who does Both actors do a fantastic job in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you you just want to see actors just really swinging for the fences and going in it, this is a movie to check out for sure. Uh, Jesse Buckley goes through a range of emotions in this movie. Everything from grief to anger to just uh, you you could feel how unsettled she is about certain things. And Roy Kidner, I don't think that this is a spoiler because you see it in the movie trailers, but he plays multiple characters in this and Mm -hmm. he plays, I believe almost, I believe every male character that we see that isn't um, Buckley's ex-husband in this movie. Yeah. 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 And so like the basic, the basic setup is that her ex-husband died. And again, you see that in the trailers and she's kind of taking a little vacation just to get away from things and decompress. And she, stays at what kind of seems like an Airbnb sort of like situation. She's kind of like renting this gorgeous like craftsman house in the countryside of England. And and I say gorgeous. This movie is visually stunning. It is beautiful. There's lots of greens and reds. And I really want to get into what I think he's trying to say with the color patterns in these, especially when we have flashback scenes and present day stuff and, um, Hell yeah, it's visually stunning, and so, so I, I say all this about how this movie is a slower paced movie, it's a very slow burn, I think. Um, you, you're you, we are with Jesse Buckley the whole movie practically. I mean, yeah. and there's I would say like maybe 70 80 percent of this movie, it's us watching her walk through the woods or have a conversation with somebody on the phone or uh, her missing creepiness behind her or things like that and Mm -hmm. if that intrigues you if you're down for just kind of like these cool character pieces and watching people it's almost theatrical in a sense of just them on stage do going about their day and interacting with people occasionally but um yeah so that's kind of like the pacing that you're getting out of this
1: yeah, I think theatrical is a good way to describe it because, um, because it's so visually stunning and and it is really just two actors playing off of each other for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good way to describe describe it theatrical with like the benefit of having a cinematographer make everything look absolutely stunning.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you talk about the third act, there is a crazy ending to this movie which isn't a spoiler i feel like almost every horror movie needs like some sort of like, crescendo right there at the end mm-hmm. but it is not for the faint of heart this movie plays off of several different fears i feel like you know kind of like you, you talked about like stalking things there, there is body horror in this uh yeah. moments of tension and just it, this movie is really just trying to make you feel unsettled and i think yeah. also really try to make you Question, um, kind of like toxic masculinity. I don't think that's like anything surprising to get out of this movie about how it touches. No, on... it's called
1: it's called men. It's, it's called, called men.
0: men. But yeah. in, I've seen that like people online call this movie divisive, and I want to read an excerpt from Horror Press because uh, they wrote a very nice, spoiler-free review on this movie and i will get to one of my favorite segments of that uh in a couple moments here before we get into the spoiler talk but uh so everybody go check out horrorpress.com for that review
1: yes check out horrorpress
0: um i i just don't know if i see where the besides people liking the movie or not just like at face value i don't really see how this is a divisive movie from like its messaging because, yeah, it's touching on toxic masculinity and misogyny and things like that. But I almost feel like it w- we'll, we will get into more specifics on why, but I don't feel like it's really touching on or trying to tell an allegory about like how evil men are to women. But, I mean, it presents that in this movie, but it almost mm-hmm. feels like it's way more about how men are toxic to other men in this and we will get Mm, into the nitty gritty of that in the other half of this discussion. But um, at least that was kind of what I was getting out of this.
1: That's so interesting that you get about how men are. The messaging is how men relate between each other. I think when you have a movie that is directed by someone who is presumably straight white guy um, has a lot of authority critiquing gender violence or gender-based violence by putting a female protagonist through the paces, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, it's inevitable that you're going to have what I think is a warranted critique or conversation about presenting women as victims of gender-based violence constantly on screen while you're, even if you are critiquing it, and even if this particular piece of art is something that I think is, uh, does it end a in a in a valuable way. Um, I think it just, you're automatically opening yourself up to that criticism. And I think that's a fine criticism to invite. I don't think that it's problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think aside from people that are just like, yo, what the fuck was with the ending of that movie? I don't know if I like this or not. Um, I think like this kind of story is just not, uh, it's not for everybody. It's not a why it's not meant for a, um, a massive audience. So mm-hmm. um yeah, if you're not up for this kind of conversation, I mean, the title of the movie warns you. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it definitely does and it's 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 just really there's just so much to get into, but like in the second half of this there's so many things we want to bring up and go, this was crazy, but what does it mean? And we will be trying mm-hmm. to solve this. And I love how you bring up Alex Garland telling this story through a female protagonist through like the a women's uh, or a woman's lens. And I think that's purposeful, but I listened to an interview that Alex Garland did with Sean Fennessy over on the big picture right. talking about this movie and Sean Fennessy, who is just like my guy. I, <laughs> I love his takes. And he was, you know, Alex Garland, he, he ex machina and annihilation in these movies that also are, centering around female protagonists and female characters and sean fantasy got into how he finds it so interesting that alex garland seems to be trying to tap into the female psyche and trying to understand it and it's interesting with this movie how i feel like it's relationships between men but it's through this woman's lens Uh, and i'll get into a little bit why that later on he kind of asked alex garland about this in his interview and alex garland gave a bi- bizarre answer to this and he kind of didn't really address the you know interpretation of the movie like what he hopes he get out of it he yeah. he does in other pieces but he kind of says he, he says something along the lines of the question that he is giving his audience in his films is does he have the right to tell these stories because he is not a woman he is a man does he have the right to do this he doesn't have that experience but if he is still careful and being caring and trying to be genuine about it, does that give him the right? And he went on to give a example of, I don't believe he is a Jewish person. He wanted to give an example of, uh, would I have the right to make a Holocaust movie? I'm not Jewish. I didn't go through the Holocaust. I don't know anyone that did, but I would still be tasteful, caring, and thoughtful about it. I know it wouldn't satisfy every Jewish person on the planet. It wouldn't satisfy every non-Jewish person on the planet, but because I didn't have that experience and I'm not uh, Jewish, would it give me the right to try to tell that story? And he says that's just as a filmmaker and storyteller, that's the question that he always wants to present through the things that he writes and makes, which I'm just like, I'm not getting any of that. in,
2: in this.
1: That's like, that's so interesting. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Annihilation and and uh, Ex Machina right now, or do you want to move on to something else first?
0: Let's uh, l- uh, let's let's save that for the okay. other half of this. How about that? But before sure. I get into the spoiler talk, because I think I'm feeling ready to get into the spoiler talk, unless there was anything yeah. more general you wanted to give about this.
1: I don't know how to not spoil this movie. Yeah. More than what I've said. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would recommend this to anybody that is up for a challenge, and is not squeamish. That's what I would, that's who I would recommend this to.
1: I think if you love body horror and I think if you love uh, Garland's other work, I think, I think you'll have a real good time with this movie, honestly.
0: Absolutely. And just to try to entice you a little bit more, I want to read, a little excerpt from horror press. I'm going to put links in the show notes for this spoiler free review on horrorpress.com titled a messed up folk horror fairy tale men 2022 review. And this was written by Luis Palmas Diaz. And I loved this one part that he mentioned about who would like this movie. Uh, Lewis goes on to write, there will undoubtedly be many think pieces trying to solve this movie like a puzzle. It will garner much hate from people who call it pretentious and nonsensical, and even more hate from the horror-isn't-political crowd, assuming that pack of coyotes even cares to see this film. What is a negative to some, but a bonus to me, is that men is only as straightforward as you're willing to make it. I thought of a few solid interpretations as to what exactly went down, and I hope everyone who sees it comes away with even more textually rich explanations for what they saw. I can't tell you how to feel about it or how to interpret it without making, without taking away the experience from you, but I can give you a heads up and talk about this movie's achievements. So if you want to hear the rest or if you want to read the rest of that fabulous article by Lewis, head over to horrorpress.com and I'll put a link in the show notes straight to that article.
1: Oh, that's such a thoughtful, uh, what a thoughtful piece of writing from Lewis. Um, Definitely go check that out, everyone
0: yes and i i kind of i'm, I'm part of the horror press discord and i got to kind of read some other stuff that lewis was saying and just,
2: yeah. just
0: really smart boy over there um but, <laughs> um but uh ellie let's go ahead and get into the spoiler talk after the thunder everybody you have been warned there will be spoilers let's go ahead and get into it Okay, there are so many things I want to get into, and <laughs> part of me is like, do we just go ahead and jump into the 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 climax of this movie, or do we yes, talk about other please. stuff? Yes,
1: please, I have to talk about it, please.
0: Okay, so let me at least set, set the scene in case people listening just decided to be spoiled w- without going to see the movie, so... This movie been
1: warned so many times, listeners. Come yes. on now. <laughs> well,
0: just just to set the scene for people that haven't right. watched it and only want to listen to the review and then maybe go see it. So, th- this movie climaxes with with Buckley being chased by uh, Roy Kidner and all of his different characters, but it it's all of his different characters individually. They're not all there at the same time, and the this naked man that's been stalking her comes out. And his belly keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then he grows a vagina and he births one of the other Roy Kinder characters. And then that one grows a vagina and births another one. And the cycle repeats and we even get a back vagina and birthing until (laughs) we finally get the last man to be birthed. And it is James, her deceased ex-husband and, this is this is this is the topic. This is what everybody is talking about and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on here. And before you even knew you were coming on here, Ellie, I had <laughs> the most wild message from you on Instagram. <laughs>
1: do you want to tell them what I said, or do you want me to say it?
0: You say it. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, okay. I'm just gonna set the scene. So I um I have like a lot of stuff going on in my life right now, and I had an opportunity to go see this movie on like a Saturday at noon at the like indie art house cinema in my city. So I was the only, literally the only one, I think in the entire complex, but I was the only one in the theater for sure. So my reaction to this movie was like every moment, I was just like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? And I got out and I knew Brocker had already seen it also early in the day, weird. And so I just texted him, did I just watch someone? Morning
2: viewings. (laughs)
1: Listen, go to movies when there's no one there. You won't get COVID, it's great, I love it. So I texted, I just texted Brucker because I was in complete shock. Did I just watch someone give birth to themselves through a back pussy? And <laughs> I did. I did see that. I did watch that it's... at noon on a Saturday by myself in an the empty theater.
0: Yes. So this is, <laughs> and again, like my jaw was on the floor and I was very much just going, what the fuck is this? And I questioned whether or not I was actually liking the movie at this point. And mm-hmm. I was, I was just going through a mix of stuff and Walking out of theater, I was like, I don't know if I enjoy this movie. And I'm not kidding. I walked out, took, you know, walked 50 feet to the nearest bench, and I sat outside a theater for like 20 minutes just thinking <laughs> about this. And I tried to find as many things online as I could. I read that awesome horror piece, uh, horror press uh, piece by Lewis, and that kind of helped me a little bit figure this out. I listened to the interview from Alex Garland. I read other interviews that he did, and it really helped me understand what was going on here and i guess we're just, i guess we'll just kind of go ahead and get into what we think about this what we think alex garland yeah. is trying to say
2: obviously think, oh, go yeah. ahead.
1: oh no i i mean weirdly enough because like i don't know if we've conveyed how visceral this part of this movie actually is it comes after a very gory sequence that in which this character is chasing her through the house it's very bloody there's sexual violence involved it's you're already like you're already like extremely uncomfortable and then this sequence happens where there's like a close up of someone giving birth to a full grown man multiple times and then like uh through different body parts and for me the weirdest part was the last scene when the cuz i i have a of all the horrible things i've seen the things that freak me out the most are feet i hate feet so much (laughs) i have such a foot phobia it's so uncomfortable for me and so the final shot has like feet coming out of his mouth and i i did feel very nauseous after that i'm not gonna lie nothing up until the that moment affected me quite like seeing feet coming out of someone's mouth i'm I'm feeling nauseous thinking about it right now
0: (laughs) a foot phobia i've never heard of that
2: before well,
1: I mean, not like I scream if I see a foot. I just don't want someone's feet to touch me. I don't want anyone's feet to come near me. I don't want to watch Quentin Tarantino's close-up of feet on his movies. I don't <laughs> want it. Don't like it. Fair. Anyway, sorry. Side side tangent.
0: Um. No, yeah. no, no. it's totally fair. I mean, hey, I mean, there's body horror in this. They really tapped into the fear of feet in this movie. Um, <laughs> I
1: just wasn't ready for it. I was ready for. I was ready for Cronenberg levels of gore, but I just wasn't ready for the feet thing, I guess. I don't know. I
0: don't think anybody could actually be ready for this.
1: You can't be, I don't think.
2: Yeah.
0: So getting into the purpose of this, I, I mean, there's obviously, there's it's obviously a very good visual storytelling about cycles and people recycling and you know things repeating themselves. And this is where I felt like it was getting into more about how Toxic men are to other men, and then how the byproduct of this is how abusive they could be to women. And that is being told through the story of uh, Jesse Buckley's character, Harper. So, obviously, you know, with this, we've seen how each male character that Roy Kidner is playing has some sort of unique flavor of misogyny with them. Um, we'll start with the vicar, uh, the priest in this. He is. He's a manipulator, and he's also uh, kind of like a sexual predator towards her. He there, he does try to rape her in this movie, um, and she stabs him to death. Uh, so we have that. We have the cop who just thinks that she is stupid and doesn't really take her claims of being stalked seriously or being harassed by another man seriously. Um, and then we have we have a little fuckboy boy in this. We have a little schoolboy that just.
1: A little, a little shithead.
0: Yeah, a little shithead. It doesn't respect her, um, and then we have, I believe, the well. We also have the stalking green man who is, you know, stalking and not respecting boundaries or anything like that. And then we also have the Jeffrey character, who I rather enjoyed, but he does represent a kind of form of misogyny in that he only sees her as a damsel in distress. He thinks that she requires a man to feel safe and to be protected, which is a flavor of that toxic masculine thinking. And it's something I didn't really realize until I read what other people were thinking about these characters. Cause I like Jeffrey. I thought Jeffrey was a fun character yeah. in this cause he was the only nice person in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then, and then, yeah. And then of course we get her ex-husband, James, who we kind of see how he is the epitome of this. So, I believe, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm talking a lot here. I'm just kind of getting all my thoughts out right now. So sorry. Um, get
1: it out. It's a lot to parse.
0: So I don't mean to keep rambling, but I just kind of want to get all my thoughts out. Um, I feel like what Alex Gardner is doing is that he is presenting Roy Kidner's characters as just the problems with men's summarized with them. And then her ex-husband, James, is sort of not the epitome, but showing like an example of how it exists outside of this little village and how the problems that the roy kinder characters all have with each other the byproduct of that is how james ends up treating um harper in this movie that he is manipulative he threatens to kill himself because she wants to get a divorce he there's uh physical violence he punches her in this movie um and i mean it it kind of shows how toxic i believe there's men can get the point i made earlier with how i think that this movie is more so trying to comment on how men treat each other and how if we want to solve or fix any sort of misogyny misogyny in society to nip in the bud we have to first address how men treat each other and this sequence i think is exemplifying how all these toxic men breed each other in this, they all kind of feed off each other and one leads to the next one. And before this um, crazy birthing sequence, we get this line from Jeffrey. And he talks about how when he was seven, his father called him like a weak soldier or something like that. And uh-huh. we see that him as an adult man that stuck with him. And uh-huh. I think that plays into his flavor of toxic masculinity that where he feels like he has to now be the soldier for this woman and he has to be the person to help the damsel in distress because his because he never met the standard of masculinity that his dad set for him um yeah and then we get the birthing sequence of all this so anyways that's that's a long way around around the block to kind of say how i feel like this movie is more about men are toxic to each other they keep Reading more misogyny in a byproduct of this is how they end up treating other women so that is my what i think the thesis of the movie is i'm excited to hear
2: your thoughts
1: (laughs) i think that's a very uh that's a very valid way lens to look at the movie um i think especially because i uh have started to do something that i recommend a lot of people do which is like i avoid especially with a movie i know i like everyone involved in i started to avoid the trailers so i did not pick up in the trailer that it was like he was the same it was the same actor playing all everything i did not pick up the um the introduction about domestic violence in the opening scene from the trailer so i went in very very cold so all of this was like a surprise to me like i was taking obviously i was alone in the theater so i could use my phone (laughs) and i was taking notes through it i went like Does everyone have the same face? Like was one like big question mark in the movie for me. Um, I definitely
0: want to talk about that some too.
1: So I think the way that I've looked at his character, because I do see them all as the same character, um, it is like uh, sort of like a many-faced god, or like the the sort of the concept of like just uh, different sides of the same square, same cube, or same dice, I guess you could say. Um, in that, all of the faces it presents, or all of the personalities it presents, um, uh, need something very specific from the character. The priest needs uh, uh, something sexual from her. Uh, the The kid needs the shithead kid needs um, the attention. Mm. Um, the uh, the uh, uh, Jeffrey needs to be um, a savior. needs her to be a damsel. Um, the Green Man, I'm still asking questions about that Same. guy. I think he needs her to be uh, like um, uh, fertile. Needs her to be like the sort of like Earth, Mother Earth represent. I, I he needs her womb. Well, I-, I think the Green Man itself is like a very like uh, archetype figure, and therefore is seeking an archetype figure in the female as well hmm. in the in the opposite. Um, and the, you know, the cop needs her to just like shut up and go away, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, and they all turn as soon as she stops complying, right? Jeffrey, his he presents as nice, but he's the character that made me the most uncomfortable immediately, because uh, the niceness is conditional. All of the characters, all of their niceness is conditional that she behave, that she uh, follow their lead. Mm. Um, and i think ultimately in the final act they when they reveal themselves to be the same person um uh yeah i don't even know where i'm going with that thought i'm just thinking about i'm honestly really just thinking about the the priest at this moment right yeah um we can talk about that see more in detail later on but i think just to to sort of just to finish my thought the metaphor of the movie for me is that these are all many sides of the niceness that she experienced with her ex-husband who used that needing He needed her to need him, right? His, his, his neediness and his patheticness. um, These are all the face. The reason all these people, all these men in the town have the same face and she's not immediately like, what the fuck are you all related or something is because it's a, it's a presentation of her. It's a projection of her own grief and guilt that she's trying to parse, you know? So I think, think there's added layers that come on about the trauma that generations of men will inflict upon themselves Mm -hmm. and upon each other. Um, And I think, uh, but, but the way that it presents in this movie is literally through her eyes. Yeah. So, well,
0: I think it's like presented through her eyes and still telling the, the, like kind of like the the statement that I mentioned earlier about how men are toxic to Mm -hmm. each other is because I think Alex Garland trying to see that like, it's important for her who is kind of like the, the looking glass through the world, like for us, for the yeah. audience to look through because to see how to, because to, I feel like if it was another man, it might, it would be like very on the nose and like, frankly, maybe not be pretentious enough for him. I mean, like I would say that might be like kind of like one of the only like pretentious thing about this movie is that like, if he is trying to tell the story about how men are toxic to other men, it's weird that he's doing it through, the um a, a woman's POV, but I still think it's effective because it's then she's objective to it. She doesn't have an idea of what that's like, so so she gets to see how pitiful it is. Because like during these birthing mm. scenes, these like it it, it evokes pity. They, like you yeah, feel they're
1: they're, in, they're clearly in pain and they they're reaching out to her.
0: Yeah, they, they're reaching out to her. Like you said, they're clearly in pain. It's disgusting. Um and you feel sorry for them in a sense, and yeah. I love how yeah. they're all born with the same wounds, and like they're already yes. born wounded and it's very uh purposeful that they're the same wounds that James had from his uh death fall um his yeah. his arm was split op- split open the same way, and his ankle was broken the same way and yeah. Yeah. It, it's a way to parallel the problems that these people have. he had the same problems as well or the same birthing um and so but getting back to the so how this all plays into the actual plot and her story is something i kind of kept forgetting i was like oh yeah there was like an actual arc for her and like what does this have to play into her understanding and not just alex garland trying to get this thing piece out there and i think with her seeing this and seeing how pitiful it is she's able to maybe internalize that like like maybe internalize some sort of like forgiveness that she had for him or maybe just to say like internally say that it wasn't her fault and that she is just sorry for what happened just Mm -hmm. just sorry for what happened she's not at fault but she is she, she feels pity and empathy about his situation and everything that happened. And that maybe makes her feel a little bit better at the end. I don't know. I'm still a little shaky on that.
1: Well, I think I wanted to go back Mm -hmm. and touch on something you said about toxic masculinity and how this movie portrays it. And I think that relates to what you were just saying. Um, I think it's um, to look at toxic masculinity just as through the lens of how men treat each other, I think is missing the, uh, root cause of what is behind that toxicity. And so I would say that what makes some of the traits of toxic masculinity are an insistence on heteronormativity and an an insistence on um, strength and anger over other quote unquote weaker emotions.
2: Mm. And
1: I think I could add to that a sort of insistence, a sort of using um relation to women as a status symbol um which is a which is a, a route to power as a kind of access to power right like, mm. i think to look at the lens through toxic of toxic masculinity and how they're interacting with each other i think having it be through the lens of a female uh or a female identifying a uh, character is crucial because Uh, She's kind of the nexus of what they're using to, um, as a, as a salve for their own wounds. You know, it's like this woman will make me whole as opposed to seeking out and, 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 and doing the work yourself and being good yourself. It's about, um putting that responsibility on the on the woman in your life. You know, she's the one with the emotions. She will make the things that I'm feeling better. You know, my feelings are her fault,
0: mm, essentially. She's my better half. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that phrase so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Uh, I, I yeah. did like how you talked about the, the, your explanation for the multiple, for Roy Kinder playing multiple characters in this. Mm-hmm. And because I do find it fascinating that, she never acknowledges this like she never acknowledges how they all look the same and i liked your explanation of it of how it's getting into um her own projection like her own grief i was wondering if it i mean this could be interpreted like a dozen different ways and there's no real right or wrong reason i don't believe and i was kind of thinking that with her experience with james obviously it was a bad and abusive one that she now kind of sees all men is the same so that's why she wasn't weirded out that all these people had the same face and which is kind of like tying into what you were saying too
1: oh absolutely i think like i mean when you've when you're coming out of a situation like that part of healing is is the reminder that like you know you, you sort of see these these wounds these these slights or these whatever, you see your trauma everywhere. Like when some shit happens, suddenly it's the only thing that you can see literally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so literally in this case. So, and I think um, Garland purposely leaves it up to interpretation. He, I, From all of the interviews that I've read with him, he was very open saying like, I just, I want people to see what they want to see in this. Um, and he also insisted that like, you know, Jesse brings up, the Jesse Buckley sorry that's not the character's name the character's name is Harper mm-hmm. Harper brings up in the movie at one point she says you know he slipped but i'll never know if he slipped or if he let go mm-hmm.
2: and
1: um alex garland said in an interview like i don't know the answer to that question so because she doesn't know the answer to that question i i i don't want to know the answer to that question mm-hmm. so i think it, it's this this movie is 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 uh, <laughs> this movie is 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 wide open for your interpretation to just come mm. right out of it, you know, just it crawl is. right out of whatever opening you find.
0: Yeah. And the, <laughs> getting to that specific point though, about whether or not he fell to his death on purpose, or if he slept trying to get back to the apartment, I feel like that he left that open ended because the answer shouldn't really matter because it shouldn't yes. really affect her yeah. guilt or her, responsibility to his death and the way he treated her and everything that because I've a feeling to a certain pocket of people, if it was one answer over the other, they would feel like she's at more guilt for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I think he's trying to present that they're, they're both equal and she's equally not at guilt. So
1: yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: While we're talking about Uh, the, the flashbacks with him, I did want to get into how I love how all these flashbacks are there's like this red hue with them like the the sun is shining through these red curtains i i presume and it's kind of giving like this orangey red just light through all of this and i love it i think it's very artsy i think it looks really cool and it's such a stark contrast to her little escape in the countryside which is lush and green and it's so beautiful and i was going to ask do you think he's trying to say anything with how he is coding these scenes with color so like these flashback scenes with abuse and them fighting and their fight about the divorce feels very real like it doesn't feel dramatized or anything like it feels it it feels vicious and it feels like how a divorce argument would go down and it's it's a very dark part of her history and then with the, the everything we get with the green is, you know, nice and calming. But there's still like hints of horror. But also that found interesting how he ties back the red with the house because there's many rooms inside the house that are painted red. And I don't think it's any accident that you know during these birthing scenes and everything, they're just covered in red blood. And James is presented back to her covered in red, nude, and yeah um so i'm I'm trying to think is there anything he's trying to say with like just a color coding that he's doing in this movie?
1: yeah, I mean, all of his movies are very visually uh are are visually impeccable, I could say, like the just a a fe a, a literal feast <laughs> not a literal feast. A literal metaphorical feast <laughs> for your eyes. Um, and I think with this movie, where I went was um, how red and green are used in uh, a lot of tarot decks. Um, which is red often can stand in for passion, stands in for the masculine, stands in for like very fiery, big emotions. And green normally symbolizes um, a sort of a grounded sense uh more more um more peace earth mm-hmm. uh, earth metaphors in general basically um and and fertility also too so like there's this kind of like i think there's just like a, a balance in his visuals of of masculine energy versus feminine energy
0: interesting um, yeah okay yeah, cause yeah and,
1: and and it just looks incredible like i loved like he dresses her in this gorgeous pink dress um i loved the way that the apples looked against this like very lush green mm-hmm. background and like i loved the entire tunnel sequence was like one of my favorite things i've seen on film all year i
0: think same yeah i was gonna say that's probably one of my favorite parts of this movie is her in the woods and everything because yeah. it is it's visually great and we kind of get this echo moment where she kind of you know does all like these like Songs or hums or whatever I, they're yeah. they're not quite yelps, but um in, in the yeah
1: well, she, it's yeah, it's an echo, and then that echo gets um incorporated into the score throughout the movie as well
0: yes, and it was fascinating that whenever that that echo score would come back, it was always paired with that old uh it's not a tabernacle, but like this old like stone piece that she finds in the church mm. that has the carving of what looks yeah. like a woman giving birth on one half of it and the other half of yeah. it i think are men or something like that and
1: it's what's well, the green. it's the green man's face it's the green man carving
0: oh my god yeah. i never got that yeah. so is there yeah. anything you could tell me about the green man because i'm not familiar with this archetype
1: i i don't know a lot and i full disclosure did mean to look it up before i hopped on <laughs> with you and i just ran out of time um, but I I mean you can refer back to um another really great and really strange movie that came out earlier this year called The Green Knight. Um uh that is about the legend of uh it's an Arthurian legend about um Sir Gawain versus the Green Knight. And it's kind of a in, in that tale at least, it's a representation of this sort of uh uh trickster um but also like a sort of uh force of nature, rather, Mm -hmm. a personification of the force of nature. Um, That is like a sort of unstoppable force against uh, man's folly. I don't know if that's specifically what Garland was going for by his usage in here, but there was, I mean, there was the priest at one point makes a reference to, um, he says, I'm a swan, which I took as to be a representation of the Greek myth of um, Leda and the, yeah, Leda and Zeus um lady and the swan i don't know if anybody's familiar with that where basically zeus is like that girl's pretty hot and turns himself into a swan and impregnates her not consensually and a lot of stuff happens after that so, classic yeah classic greek mythology there you know
0: yeah um, Yeah. Ooh, okay yeah. Well, that's really interesting actually so I, so the stuff with the priest the green man uh the the apple tree there was also kind of like this yeah, weird... Yeah, lots
1: of Adam and Eve stuff. Yeah,
0: there's too, like yeah. this weird biblical stuff. So I was wondering if like the green mm-hmm. man was supposed to be God and how yeah. he literally... Because like, cause I think it's fascinating that... Because the order of events is that it's Jeffrey in the car chasing her down. He wrecks, but Jeffrey doesn't come out. The green man comes out. And yeah. then that starts the birthing sequence, and that's when,
1: and that's when the turn mm-hmm. really starts. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's kind of yeah. almost like, like God was the start of this or something, like like this Old Testament God. Like I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, based on his other work, I don't know how Garland feels about God himself. <laughs> I feel like he might not be a fan. Um, but I think, to me, to, anyway, my interpretation of this, and also, I don't want to turn anybody off or. or I imply that anybody's reading is wrong because I feel like it's all valid, uh, but for me it just felt like sort of this like raw, unstoppable nature, this just otherworldly force, this sort of um, the bare bones of 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 a of a being or the essence of a of of masculinity. I think was in that character, sort of like without a personality, without a verbalization, without needs, just like an an incorporation of this force that exists. Hmm
0: you know interesting yeah Yeah, definitely and uh,
1: that's my hippie vibe though maybe i'm just (laughs) (laughs) well see like
0: there's just all these odd things with kind of biblical stuff and religion that's in this and i don't know what he's trying to say with it or if he even is because i find it interesting because everything i said with the tree him we have a vicar character in this and the how we talked about her echo is always in the score of this and i found it interesting that whenever her that echo score comes up, they would have these visual flashbacks with that that stone in the church, and it's like always being paired with this. It's kind of like this thing of how with you know whatever the problems that he's presenting or trying to address in this that these are these are ancient issues and that yes. they have been echoing through time yeah. and it's yeah I, I think is told very well with that, and I like how he he uses this he uses a woman's voice to echo that through time and everything i found that to be very cool
1: i also liked how yeah i do think i do agree that i think it it's there to evoke a, a sense of, of uh, omnipresence like mm-hmm. it's it's always it's always been here you know um and i also like that he doesn't code harper in an in like an overtly feminine way um like she's not where right. she's not some like blonde bimbo or whatever. Nothing. Not that there's anything wrong with being a blonde bimbo. I love them, <laughs> um, but but like you know, she has like shorter hair. She has kind of like an androgynous name. She doesn't present uh, in an overly feminine way. So I I appreciated that characterization as her as well. Because like I think if you're gonna have a story where you you have your characters turn into archetypes, you run the risk of being something like. Aronofsky's mother, wherein you in critiquing these roles, you end up perpetuating them in extremely ridiculous ways. Mm-hmm. No, I'll just say.
0: No, I, I agree. I really liked how she was coded and presented too, because I found it very strong that during the domestic violence scene after James straight up punches her, I mean, they show it, they show it everything. Yeah. they show It's not like yeah. they show it in cuts. Uh, she's yeah. angry. She is pissed off. afterwards and i love that instead of i guess what we would get from like lesser movies of her maybe cowering Um, which we know i mean that's a a very fair um response to that but she she is pissed off and she shoves him out of the apartment
1: and and also to build on that what i liked about this story is that she does if we can get into this now too one Mm -hmm. of the one of the biggest takeaways that i had from this movie was the idea that like your relationship to us as movie watchers, but also as horror fans, what we expect from a lead female protagonist to do and how to behave in a movie. So I think in that opening scene, she does the thing that we all think you're supposed to do, which is be strong and fight back and you kick him out and you don't take it anymore. And it's de- the consequences are devastating because you can't control what other people are gonna do. And even though she does the things that society are telling her you should do, when faced in this, con- in a, when in a situation like this, she is still left with all of this pain. And so throughout the movie, it, it is frustrating at times. I found myself being a little frustrated. It was like, why aren't you more afraid? Why aren't you more afraid that someone showed up in your house? And this is vocalized from her friend who's talking to her. It's like, I'm gonna come up there and be with you. You should leave right now. And she's like, no, 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 I'm gonna stay. Like the danger has passed. Even though the danger keeps coming, and the danger is um, unquantifiable and undescribable. Like, it's very weird. She can't really define it. Mm. Um, especially after when she goes into the pub and all the men who have the same face, not weird at all, um, make her feel uncomfortable and she leaves and she she ends up running home because she feels like someone is following her. Um, you know, it's sort of like, I found myself being like, why aren't you more afraid? Um, which is such an interesting reaction that I think is common and also worthy of examining because the truth is, is that I've been in dangerous situations. Lots of people I know have been in dangerous situations and you're not afraid like you're in a horror movie every second. You might be a little bit afraid. You might deal with it and you mitigate the risk as best you can. Um, and I think that ultimately comes to fruition in the very final act of the movie where she stops running from this creature she's just as this creature is going through this cycle of perpetual birth and rebirth um and reaching out to her she's not running away she's not fighting it she's already run away she's already fought it Mm -hmm. and she's just slowly backing away she's just moving out of the way she's like you're over there i know how to deal with you she's like i'm i just exist with this now you know Mm -hmm. so i think her character is, is very interesting to me. And I think I'm going to be thinking about her for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah,
0: th- yeah. This is definitely a movie that demands contemplation and to really sit on it. Unfortunately, it's not one that really invokes me to want to sit down and rewatch it again, to study it more. Um, I'll do it. Well, I mean, I mean, there's just, it, it, it's such a weird movie. Um, did create me. Tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm off base on this, but towards the end of this movie, like right before, like right mm-hmm. c- when we're kind of like in the third act, did it seem like the stars, like the galaxy above was like way more like visually present yes. during all of this and seemed yes. that like the trees in the woods sort of disappeared during all of this? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I, I guess it's it, just...
1: it felt like she was in like another dimension almost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just also just getting into like the omnipresent that you kinda talked about. And we talked about like, you know, this is universal and this is this is ancient from whatever whatever God or force you believe in. This is this is it right here. And I don't know, it's it's just weird. I think one of the last points I wanted to ask, and feel free to bring up other things that you wanted to. Um Mm. I think one of the last points I wanted to ask was the intention of her sister showing up at the end and that she's pregnant because i mean that was kind of a a reveal and it's it's purposeful that that's in there i think i'm not quite sure what he's trying to say with a pregnant woman showing up at the end after all of this um i'm I'm a little lost on that did you have anything for it
1: well i think the end of this movie is all I think ultimately it's the very final minutes that are very divisive for people because it it's it's a little bit of a gotcha and I think that can piss off some people especially when you don't know what the movie's building to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think it can be helpful for something like this to go back and rewatch it, knowing how it ends. You can go back and and really decide is the movie building to this thing or did it just come out of left field? Um, because. Ultimately, the final the in the final moments, the final creature is her ex-husband who sits down next to her and she's not afraid of this person anymore. And she just asks him directly, what is it you want, James? What is it you want from me? And he looks so sad and so needy in this final moment. And he just says, your love.
0: Which is manipulative. As if
1: that's something that's so simple, but it's so manipulative. It's like she—he's caused all this violence to her, and it's like I just wanted your love. Like your love will heal me. Kind of what I was—I mean, what I was saying earlier, right? Oh, so it's definitely tying back
0: to the little fuck boy that you talked about. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, but in all of it, it's like be nice to me. Otherwise, I'm gonna be you're you're a bitch. I love you until you don't love me. And now you're a bitch for not loving me. Right? Hmm she's just and her reaction to him saying your love is just kind of like a sigh it's just a sign she's like yeah yeah here we go this is what it is this is what it's all about really like this is who this person was so I think at the end when her friend shows up her friend her friend's reaction is parrots the sort of the same lack of uh fear reaction that i was describing earlier right she sees all the chaos all the remnants of this fight that's happened and she's clearly concerned but she's not running screaming she's not you know calling the cops or anything she sees that her friend is okay and they're ultimately very glad to see each other and i felt like it was this bond of like shared experience that um we know we have each other's backs Hmm. and i thought her being pregnant was just such like a nice a reminder that like the birth isn't a horror like pregnancy is not horror um even though like it is like it absolutely is but like this is something that is also omnipresent has also always been around is also like another its own force you know
0: interesting i'd love that take that's
1: kind of how i read it i love that take it's kind of like i might just be going too far no
0: i like that take a lot because it's kind of like hey i just kind of showed how like this natural process is like awful and pitiful and disgusting but like really i want to remind you it's not <laughs> and, well the
1: final the, really the final frames are just like grounding the movie back to where we started mm-hmm. right like we've gone on this epic cosmic journey right but it's like a coming back to earth i felt mm-hmm. was that was that moment you know
0: man it's yeah. it, it, it's quite the trip um i think
1: it's a trip don't take drugs before watching this movie though i don't recommend that (laughs) i
0: I need to i need to shout out my my best friend who went and saw this i saw this before him because i went did a morning screening like a like a boss and then um (laughs) he he told me he was going to go get high and go watch this movie with a friend and they're going to one of those theaters that uh that like that has like dine-in services you know during it oh and i texted him and i went went out of my way and texted his friend that he was going with and told them do not eat during this movie and he (laughs) he told me he called me that uh, the next day he says so i completely ignored your advice and my cheeseburger showed up (laughs) like two minutes before that scene i took two bites of it i couldn't do it and i just no yeah he's just like yeah so so (laughs) so zach you fucked up but um (laughs) (laughs)
1: zach what's wrong with you zach
0: (laughs) i done told you it's a it's a fucked up (laughs) movie
1: we're warned mm -hmm,
0: yes and i i I, I, i'm being honest when i tell people that like you know when i recommend movies and when i say whether or not really like a movie or whether i didn't because I really mostly pretty much cover movies I really like cuz I don't think it's fun to sit yeah. here and bash a movie that's not that, that's not what I, I want to do. I I will do that eventually, I'm sure. But
1: some movies certain movies can be fun to bash, but for the most mm-hmm. part it's kind of it's kind of boring. Yeah, it
0: is. And yeah. so I, I'm honest when I say I do recommend this movie but I only recommend it to a very niche pocket of people that can handle something like this and want a challenging movie and are down for visual metaphors over plot
1: yeah and i think listen you guys have my handle right now you can go to my instagram page see the kind of movies i review if you vibe with it then you're gonna vibe with this movie if not that's cool um
0: (laughs) if not that's cool have fun
1: watch something watch watch something that doesn't involve a lot of close-ups of Monster vaginas. That's, Monster you know, vagina. No, no one wants. We don't need any more back pussies.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Before we wrap um, this up, do you want to do a cabin in the woods trinket little segment for this real quick? I have one. Ooh, hit me with it.
1: Okay, so my cabin in the woods trinket is the chapstick that the vicar uses in one scene for no reason, but it's so creepy
0: that is fantastic i completely <laughs> forgot about that scene man
1: i wrote down, i immediately was like what
0: if jesse buckley and that. rory kidner aren't nominated for oscars for this movie i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> be pissed i'm gonna be very pissed they did such a good job with this because with rory kidner yeah when jesse buckley just hold hold your attention yeah. you know for for a movie yeah. where it's mostly just her with no dialogue she
1: it's all her in her facial expression mm-hmm. and her body She language, yeah.
0: really conveys yeah. everything and mm-hmm. she um sh- she holds your attention. Fantastic job. Nori Kidner, I give him so many props for ha- having each character he played a unique voice and unique style and yeah. um it was just it was fantastic. I I always in- yeah i agree with you jeffrey gave me very unsettling vibes but it was kind of like i I want more of it just 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 make me feel weird man he's a good character make me feel weird Um, i'm I'm here for Mm -hmm. it um great pick by the way okay
1: and and that and that sequence that we described at the end like that was uh, a lot of optical effects were involved in that scene like he was crawling through slime naked and prosthetics in the middle of the night for like a week and a half, apparently like that man deserves. He
0: does. He does. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a couple no- nominees for this. Uh, number one yes. is that stone thing from the church with the faces. Uh-huh. I feel like absolutely. it's gotta be down there. Cause that is spooky, creepy. But if you were just find that in the basement, you'd be like, the fuck is this? Me, like, so cool. You wouldn't immediately yeah. think church, you know, yeah. um, yeah. Wanted to put just an apple just like absolutely like a single apple maybe and then i had one more i'm trying to remember what it was oh this one isn't as good it was just the the single key the only copy of the key that they had for the house
1: oh but that's good too because i liked how i also liked how this movie played with horror genres a little bit in a way that garland really hasn't done before which is like as soon as you see that key you're like there's going to be a reveal where someone has a copy of the key and that's how they get in like the beginning of this movie you're not immediately going to like cosmic you're horror you're thinking
0: levels, it's you know? a straight up like like, like stranger yeah, danger like it you know, might turn into a home star. invasion movie yeah.
1: yeah yeah exactly so
0: well well, Ellie, thank you so much for coming on today to discuss men from 2022. Where can the good folks find you and stuff that you write?
1: Yeah, check me out. I'm on Instagram at Bad Critic. Um, and we have fun over there. I recently made a post about the Depp V-Herd uh, defamation suit that's ongoing and enthralling the internet. And uh, don't debate me on it. Don't debate me. <laughs> I don't want to be debated. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes
1: everything is in the post <laughs> but other than that mostly I talk about movies and we have a good time and
0: uh, yeah be sure to go follow Ellie on Instagram at Bad Critic there are links in the show notes and I want to go ahead and shout out Horror Press again HorrorPress.com there is an awesome spoiler free review of this movie on their website even if you've already seen this you know the spoilers I definitely recommend checking it out it, it's a quick read uh, but uh, Lewis did such a good job at uh, putting his review together. There will be links in the show notes directly to that. I want to go ahead and thank the patrons. Thank you to Tiffany, Sher, James, and Cleveland. You guys rock. I have some fun bonus episodes up there if people want to go check that out. And you also have the same things because I do Instagram polls on there. Like that's how I decided to do the host commentary track because that was decided by the patrons. So if you want to support me in a very special way, head over to patreon.com slash horror. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brucker horror and leave me a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. All right. All that is done. I will see you next time. Ellie, uh, stay away from apples and watch some good movies. Yeah.
1: No, no <laughs> apples. I'm like kind of debating whether I should dig into Cronenberg movies next week. So, um, if your listeners think that's a good idea, let, let me know in the comments and I'll try it <laughs> yes, out. That's
2: for
0: yeah. sure. All right. Thank you so much. Goodbye guys. Watch some good movies. back.